Well, good evening. Welcome to the Cross Lanes Baptist Church midweek devotion and prayer stream. Uh, This is not Pastor Seth's office, and this is not Pastor Seth. We've changed it up a little bit this week. Uh, I am Nathan Polk. I've got the opportunity to share with you a little bit from God's Word this week, hopefully to encourage you and um, uh, strengthen you in this time of of difficulty that we find ourselves presently in. Uh, While we're waiting for others to join the stream, I'd like to give you a little bit of an update as uh, my sending church as to what uh, is going on with me and my ministry in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And after a couple minutes of those uh, stories and updates, we'll go ahead and get into God's Word. I am the executive pastor of Next Level Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We are a uh, church plant in the northeast part of the city, uh, serving a multicultural demographic and trying to plant a church in one of the more difficult uh, parts of Tuscaloosa, uh, one of the more difficult parts outside of Tuscaloosa. But uh, even though there are difficulties, we see a lot of bright spots as a church. We've had uh, many new people, some young families come and join our congregation before all of uh, the coronavirus uh, fell out and things happened and prevented us from meeting anymore. Um, even even in the midst of, of difficulty, both before and after, we've had people join, we've had people express interest, we've had um, small groups, we've had services, everything that we normally would have had is just in a different context. So we praise God for that. Um, thankfully, due to the gifts of uh, generous Southern Baptists, like yourself and like others, uh, we are able to feed people, actually, I think starting tomorrow in our communities, uh, using food that has been delivered to our association. So lots of different ways that we've been able to serve, lots of ways I've been able to serve. Uh, and as we uh, teach together and learn together and grow together and serve together, uh, we find that we're able to demonstrate to our community the love of Jesus Christ uh, as well as love for those around us. And uh, because of that, uh, I'm very encouraged by what's going on, and I hope you're encouraged. There's a lot of good things that are happening as a result of the work that you are doing, the encouragement that you are providing, and the people you are sending to the ends of the earth uh, in order to share the gospel and bring people to Jesus Christ. We'll go ahead and start for this evening. Uh, For those of you that have joined since I began talking, welcome to Cross Lanes Baptist Church's midweek service and devotion stream. Uh, We're happy that you're here. I'm happy that you're here. I know that everyone here is is not uh, Cross Lanes folks. I know that there are many different uh, church folks, friends, guests uh, that I know and that this church loves and is familiar with from different states and maybe even around the world. And for those of you that have joined in those capacities, I want to say thank you and I'm excited you're here. If you do not have a church family and you're just checking in to uh, see what this stream is all about and see uh, what possibly uh, the pastors here had for you as far as God's Word is concerned, I would encourage you to come back after tonight on Sunday and listen to Pastor Seth as uh, he moves through God's Word and and preaches and shares the good news. I know that that would be an encouragement to you, uh, and I, I would encourage you to join that if you do not have anywhere to be. Tonight, we're going to be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and I would like to read that first, uh, beginning in verse 17 and ending in verse 20. When I'm finished, I'll pray, and then we'll uh, consider a couple of thoughts from Scripture this evening. Reading from the Word of God in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17, the Bible says this, But as for us, brothers, after we were forced to leave you for a short time, in person, not in heart, We greatly desired and made every effort to return and see you face to face. 
So we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again. But Satan hindered us. For who is our hope or joy or crown of boasting in the presence of our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. Let's pray together. God, this is a difficult context that we are in presently, and we find ourselves in some ways discouraged but in other ways encouraged by the many different ways that we have to connect and by the many different avenues by which we can love others and serve our neighbors, even in as challenging a time as this. God, we are thankful this evening. More than we are discouraged, more than we are disheartened, we're thankful. God, I pray that you would continue to keep our spirits high, keep our resolve strong, and motivate us to not become lax in what could be a detrimental time to our spiritual disciplines and our spiritual health. God, please build us up and strengthen us. Teach us in this time and move us forward, not only as this church, not only as the church that I currently serve in. God, we want as the global church to come out of this with a sense of revival and a sense of urgency for the lost that are around us and that are daily prone to the dangers such as this virus uh, that, that may plague them. God, uh, I pray for those that are afflicted by the sickness coronavirus at the moment. I pray that you would uh, give them health, give them uh, encouragement. God, give their families encouragement. This is not an easy thing to go through. It can be scary. Uh, there are protocols in place which make it difficult to see our loved ones. And God, in those instances, I pray that uh, you would strengthen us and build us up and give us hope for the next day and hope for uh, a light at the end of the tunnel. God, I pray for this time that we have together. This is uh, unique for sure, unique for me and unique for those watching, but uh, it is a good opportunity to reflect on what you have for us from your word, and I pray that we would take it for what it is as a time to learn and a time to move forward, a time to do. God, thank you for who you are. I thank you for those watching. Bless us all. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we, we see from this passage that uh, Paul, the writer of 1 Thessalonians, desires community. But his community has been upended and is, in fact, in chaos. And I think that's where we find ourselves in the present moment. We have desired community. We have built communities where we are through our churches and through the other institutions that we're a part of. We've invested our lives into other people and to the fabrics that make up our societies. And yet, something that seems so small, like a virus, ended up upending everything we knew and turning our communities to chaos. I would like to offer, though, a different understanding of what our community as the church is. And tonight I'm going to call that community a kingdom community. And I think we find that definition best from the command in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. And it actually offers principles that complement the definition I'm going to give you and helps flesh out exactly what the writer is trying to say as far as what does a kingdom community look like. First, the definition. A kingdom community is kingdom citizens experiencing the intimate joy of physical gathering, corporate worship, and collective service while on earth. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, and see where each of those elements comes from. 
And let us consider, the beginning of the verse 24, and let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let's dissect that a little bit so we can read 1 Thessalonians 2 in a clearer light. First, kingdom citizens experiencing intimate joy. This comes from the part of the passage we just read that says, in order to provoke love. We are having in view here an affectionate commitment for those around us, a deep passion to serve them and care for them. Intimate joy of physical gathering. In Hebrews chapter 10, where we just read, it says not to neglect gathering together. Sometimes, as we can see now, that context changes, but we do not need to neglect gathering together. There is a physical context to a kingdom community. Intimate joy of physical gathering and corporate worship. The last part of the, the passage that we just read, as you see the day approaching, encouraging one another, we are praising God and looking forward to the return of Jesus Christ, the, the consummation of the promise that we have received as believers in him. Intimate joy of physical gathering, corporate worship, and lastly, collective service, provoking us to love and good works is what it says in that passage. So I want to use kingdom community tonight as our topic. And kingdom community, for our purposes, will be a present expression of heavenly community, which diverges from the brokenness of man and converges with God's plan for holy community. An expression of heavenly community, which diverges from the brokenness of man and gradually converges with, the holy, with God's plan for holy unity diverges from the brokenness of man. There is a gatekeeper to a kingdom community, and that is reception or belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news for you, if you don't know that news tonight, is that you are a sinner. And that does not sound encouraging, but we are at odds with God because we have disobeyed his commands. And because we've disobeyed his commands, we are separated from him. What was to be a positive relationship an eternal relationship, a perfect relationship with our Creator crumbled in front of us because we made decisions that created in us an evil which was then separated from a perfect God. But even though we've been separated from God, God loved us enough that He was willing to satisfy His justice in a different way than punishment of us through death. He sent His perfect Son, Jesus Christ, fully God and fully man, to die on a cross, bearing our sins as one who knew no sin and deserved no punishment. He went to the grave and He rose again, victorious over death, so that you and I can have the opportunity for salvation. The gatekeeper for kingdom community tonight is belief in Jesus Christ, His death, His burial, and His resurrection. If you have not believed this evening, I invite you to, but if you have, that is not the only piece of kingdom community this evening. It's a reflection of heavenly community, which diverges from the brokenness of man through the reception of the gospel, belief in the good news of Jesus Christ, and also converging with God's plan for holy unity. When I think of this, I think of Ephesians chapter 4, where the writer says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who was above all and through all 
and in all. We are bound in these connections of grace and forgiveness. And as a result of that, we are unified in the sameness of our Savior. We are unified by all believing in one God. And as a result of that, as we move away from the brokenness of man, the brokenness that sin brings, we are moving toward a unity that reflects God's character and that one day will be fulfilled through heavenly unity, heavenly community. So that's what I want us to think about this evening as we talk about our community and chaos and and some truths about that that we're finding from this passage. With an understanding of that identity and uh, knowing that we long for that in this exile and long for that after we come out of this exile and things return to normal, I want to share with you in our brief time together a few truths about kingdom community that I pray will encourage you during this time while motivating you toward deeper fulfillment of God's plans for your life with others. The first truth that I want us to think about is this. The earthly expression of kingdom community is temporary. The earthly expression of kingdom community is temporary. Kingdom community, uh, as we know, is something that is very human at its core because it is humans joining together to work as one collective body. And as a result, there are some things that it is bound by or limited by because we, by our nature, are not eternal in these excuse me, in these bodies. Kingdom community is first, it's bound by nature. Psalm 90.10 reminds us of how brief our lives really are. It says our lives last 70 years or, if we're strong, 80 years. Even the best of them are a struggle and sorrow. Indeed, they pass quickly and we fly away. Understanding our definition of kingdom community to be of an earthly manifestation, one that is functioning here on earth, we know that one day we will no longer be here. And things like this virus bring us to grips with, the ter- with, with what is going on, with the fact that we're not going to live together in, live forever in these bodies. This comes to an end, and our life is a vapor in the terms of eternity. Kingdom community, as far as its earthly manifestation is concerned, is bound by our natural life, And it's also bound by our circumstances. If we remember back to Acts chapter 17, that is actually the narrative after which 1 Thessalonians functions in. Paul and Silas have been ministering for their first time in Thessalonica. And it says for three Sabbaths or for three weeks, they've shared the gospel and reasoned in the synagogue by using the scriptures to demonstrate that Jesus was, in fact, the Messiah that had been spoken of by the prophets. The Jews became jealous and belligerent. And the Bible says Paul, Silas, and their host Jason were harassed to the point that the people were rioting and they could no longer stay in the city. The hostility of the city and of its people is likely what's in view here when Paul says that their efforts to return and see them face to face were hindered. You see, we are at war in our spiritual lives, and sometimes our circumstances are such that the people around us hate us not for who we are, but for who the Savior in us is. And as a result, our community can become fractured because we may have to separate from them for a time or possibly forever 
because in our in earthly terms uh, because persecution has has driven a wedge between us and our physical presence with them there's persecution circumstances that bound our kingdom community there's plague and pestilence you remember the old testament uh, joseph his, well, Jacob and his sons, they were wanting to go to Joseph for help, and there was a famine in the land. Uh, and as a result, they had to leave because uh, uh, basically a sickness had struck their land, and there was no way for them to eat where they were. Abraham experienced the same thing years earlier uh, in Genesis chapter 12, where because of the famine, he also had to go to Egypt. There's plague and pestilence now with COVID-19. There's been no better reminder in any of our lifetimes of, of what can come to us as far as circumstances are concerned and drive a wedge between us and our community uh, through plague and pestilence. And finally, there's not only a past and present uh, potential of plague and pestilence, but there's also a future potential. Luke chapter 21, verses 10 through 11 says, Then he told them, being Jesus, Nation will be raised up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be violent earthquakes and famines and plagues in various places. And there will be terrifying sights and great signs from heaven. It doesn't matter what time of history we're in, plague and pestilence are part of the circumstances which bound our kingdom community. There are circumstances of persecution, circumstances of plague and pestilence, and lastly, there's circumstances of presence. Uh, many of you that are here at Crosslands Baptist know very well what I'm talking about when I say people move. There's a great turnover here and in many other places where jobs and, and other situations will take people from the church, take people from kingdom community, uh, and shift them to other places. I'm sure many of you, I'm confident, many of you right now that are watching have actually experienced that. Many of my friends, friends of people here at the church who've had to leave because of uh, circumstances of, of presence, like jobs, family situations, uh, a change of home, retirement, whatever it was, there was a reason that a circumstance of presence had to change and there was a wedge between you and kingdom community. In all of these things, whether it's the bounds of, of our natural life, whether it's the bounds of circumstance through um, persecution, plagues, or presence. In all of these things, we are definitely assured that kingdom community is temporary. It doesn't matter whether it's because of our final mortal end. It doesn't matter because of what's happening around us. Life changes. And when life changes according to the will of God against the backdrop of a sinful world, community changes. I perhaps am one of the best equipped to understand what it means for life to change in a moment and for kingdom community to change in an instant. I am in a transient chapter of life where friends and family come and go, where my location changes. I find myself in different places, living in different rooms and different homes at various times. There is change all around us. I am aware, you are aware, and the church universal is aware. That's a very negative intro. So where is the hope in all of that? Where is the, the, goodness, the goodness that we can find through this scripture and through the rest of the word of God uh, as it relates to the change that happens and the temporariness of our kingdom communities? Notice where Paul roots his desire for community, 
and love for the Thessalonian church. In this passage, he roots it in Jesus and the resurrection of those who believe. His eternal hope and the eventual presence of an eternal Jesus is the eternal physical testimony of the church. Whether we meet those we love in Christ again or not on earth, we will be joined with them eternally in the originally intended perfectly heavenly community. There's a song, I really like country music, and there's a singer that I like in particular that has these, partic- these words in specific um, in one of his songs that I listen to often. Life is short, so let's go live it. Ain't no time for wasting time. Days like these go by way too fast. Days like these you want to make them last. Even though that's a good song, and even though that's a sentiment that I enjoy and may share in this uh, present age, uh, the thing about heaven is that it's going to be nothing like that, and that's what's exciting and encouraging for me in times such as this. We could have 10,000 lifetimes with 10,000 communities, or we could have a million lifetimes with one individual. And after the completion of those lifetimes, we would find that we are only at the beginning of what heaven has in store for us. You see, kingdom community is, is on earth something that's uh, bounded by the limits of natural life and the whims of circumstance, including persecution, plague, and presence. But thanks to God, we have a hope of a heavenly community where the glory of God lights our path and eternally redeemed souls can fellowship together without interruption or end. Like Paul, I know I have many that I miss from past kingdom communities who have now moved on from this life or have found other places to live. Yet I have joy constantly that our bonds are more than physical. Rather, they are spiritual and divine, wrapped up and tied down in the bonds of the mysterious grace of God. The earthly expression of kingdom community is temporary. That's our first truth for this evening. And the the second and last one is that our participation in kingdom community is a measure of faithfulness. In verse 19, Paul describes a crown of boasting, hearkening to the Olympic athlete's victor's crown that, that he also mentions in 1 Corinthians 9 and chapter 25, a crown that will never fade away, a crown of conquest. Why would kingdom community be depicted as a spoil of conquest? Doesn't that seem con- counteractive to the meekness and the servitude of Jesus Christ? Well, I have news for you. When Jesus comes back again, he's no longer going to be the baby in a manger. He's no longer going to be the slaughtered lamb hanging on the cross. He will come as the glorified Savior, the redeeming Messiah, the reigning Son of God, the victorious conqueror and the perfect ruler of all. King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus Christ will return in glory and power with the authority to claim his possession and condemn the sin-fallen. The spiritual conquest of Jesus aims successfully to bring glory to himself by saving those who will believe and perfecting his justice in those who won't. His conquest is the plan of redemption and the, rea- the eradication of sin. We fit into this plan 
as Holy Spirit-enabled agents carrying out the conquest of Christ through the Great Commission with the church. So we're using our kingdom community to further the Great Commission in order to fulfill the conquest of Christ. Our glory is Christ's glory. Christ's glory is the salvation of men and growth in the kingdom, which means our glory is the salvation of men and growth in the kingdom. Kingdom community is essential to our mission because get this, this is probably the most important thing out of the whole evening. Our greatest contribution to the kingdom is the edification and salvation of others through community. The degree to which we are faithful in this work is the measure by which we will be found in favor before God at the end of all things. That's why the writer says, who is our crown of boasting in the presence of our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? In light of this, I have some practical encouragements for you, uh, knowing that our greatest work is this edification of our kingdom community, whether we're together or we're separated. First, don't give up. I know we've all had difficulties with Zoom. I was watching a video the other day where uh, there were four people that were having an office meeting on a Zoom call, and someone thought, of course, that he had uh, paused his video. He stood up from his chair, and he was in his underwear. He started walking around his apartment, uh, scratching himself, uh, really, really embarrassing himself. It would have mortified me. Uh, and I know that that story is only one of many that can be found if you just do a simple YouTube search. This has been hard for everybody and embarrassing for many. But it's necessary that we stoke the fires of community however we're able and we don't give up on fostering that which God has called us uh, to foster and build. Don't give up and don't give in. There's a lot of temptations when we're at home and we've got our breakfast in front of us on a Sunday morning and our coffee. It's easy to not pay attention to what's going on. It's easy to uh, pause our video on the Zoom call or on the FaceTime. And uh, as a result, we are detaching ourselves from community. Community's always been a discipline. Kingdom community has always been something we put forward effort in. And now it's really more accessible than it's ever been. So I would encourage you, don't give in to the temptations to be slack, but find your glory and joy as Paul did in building up the community, the kingdom community of the church that you're a part of. Don't give up. Don't give in. Look backward and remember sweetly the times that have passed, like Paul is remembering, the good times that happened when people were saved, ministry was done, and lives were changed. Look backward on what God has done. Don't give up. Don't give in. Look backward on what God has done and look forward to what God is going to do. Paul is convinced that Jesus is coming again and that whether we come together again or not in this life, we will see each other again in Christ and in heaven. My last encouragement would be this. Know that I care deeply about each of you and know that your pastors care deeply about each of you. You have a team around you through your kingdom community that wants to push you forward and help you through what is a challenging and difficult time for the church at large. This is a good place. It's as good as it's always been. And there's still ways for you to be encouraged and lifted up in this difficult time. So don't be afraid to look out if you're struggling to build the community around you. Reach out, find people, find leaders 
like myself in a different church or find your pastors here in this church and, and make sure that you don't give up not only on the Christians that are around you but on the Christian that's in your own house. Don't give up on yourself as far as your walk with Christ is concerned and get help when you need it. The earthly expression of kingdom community is temporary, but heavenly community is assured and eternal. So take heart. Participation in kingdom community is a measure of faithfulness. So be found faithful in your adaptation to the circumstances. Boldly and eagerly advance the holy conquest of the gospel. Seeking the glory of God by refusing to give up. Refusing to give in. Looking back on the sweetness of of past memories in kingdom community, looking forward to the reunion of kingdom community, and knowing that I and many others deeply care for you and are behind you in this struggle. I'm going to pray and give you a couple of final words. Uh, we'll conclude our Bible study this evening. God, we thank you for salvation and the fact that tonight and forever we know you and will reign with you eternally in heaven. This is just a moment in time. This is just an affliction that lasts for a season, but God's salvation lasts forever. Tonight we are encouraged by Paul's message here of endurance and of faithfulness and of willingness to participate in kingdom community as it is on earth, reflecting heavenly community, doing what we're able to build up those around us. God, I pray that each and every family and individual that's tuning in right now would know that they are loved not only by us, but by a God who cares deeply for them and sent His Son to die for them. God, carry us through. Carry us through not only as churches, but as individual believers. And may we be found more faithful and more strong on the back end of this than we were on the front. In Jesus' name, amen. It's been a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, I haven't run too long, so hopefully you've uh, received something helpful and something beneficial from this. Uh, if you need to be encouraged at all, I would encourage you to contact one of uh, your pastors here or if you're at another church or just uh, tuning in because you don't have a church. Find someone to talk to. Uh, find someone to pour into you and find someone that can love you and help you through uh, in these difficult times. Again, if you don't have a church family, be, please be sure to, to tune in this coming Sunday to Cross Lanes Baptist Church's live stream. Uh, Pastor Seth will be bringing another message, and I know that he'll be faithful to God's Word and bring something that is practical and helpful for your spiritual walk. I love you. I'm thankful for you, and know that we'll be praying for you. Have a good evening.